Hello and welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 38. Uh, so a little bit of information for you guys. We did record an episode with me, Sahil, and Dinesh, who was on the last episode. Unfortunately, our audio file was messed up, so we do have to re-record. And also, unfortunately, uh, Sahil will not be joining us because he still is on vacation and we just really couldn't find the time. So once again, I'm joined uh, by Dinesh Raj. Say hi, Dinesh. Hello. Um, so today we're going to talk about, uh, the U S men's national team two to nothing loss against Guatemala. Before that, we'll talk about the U23's one, one draw against Colombia very, very briefly. Uh, our emotions probably aren't as raw as they were last night. Um, but you know, we're going to try, we ha- we haven't like rewatched the matches. We really couldn't get ourselves to, um, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. You know, we just want to get our thoughts out on what this means for the U S national team, uh, want to talk about Jurgen Klinsmann, talk about, we want to talk about some of the stuff you guys have been saying on Twitter. So, uh, before we get into our discussion, I just want to remind you to go check out Ambitious Strike. Ambitious Strike is a soccer apparel brand. Uh, you can check out their website, ambitiousstrike.com. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. Make sure you use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount on your entire order. They have a new logo. It looks fantastic, and uh, we absolutely love them. Uh, as always, the link is in the description. All right, D. Before we talk about the Guatemala match, let's talk about the U23 men's national team in the Olympic qualifying match, playoff right. match, like the first leg. Going down to, into Colombia and snagging a 1-1 draw, uh, Luis Gil opens up the scoring very early on in the match. Kellen Acosta uh, concedes a penalty, and Juan Quintero slots it home. Uh, but we do have that vital away goal, which could be huge going forward. What are your thoughts on the game and uh, how, this national, or how this team looked? I mean, I think the team looked good, not great. Um, I think it's a good result for the team. Yeah. A one-one draw definitely getting that away goal is huge. I think. Yeah. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to put them away, especially with that away goal. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was it was a good performance. I think there's some things that could have been better. Um, right. I know left back is a position that Kellen Acosta isn't exactly acclimatized to, and. I'm right. not sure why well, he started there, but I mean... Yeah, he was starting at right back. Oh, uh, right back, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Eric Miller was playing left back. He was, you know, who was decent. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, Kellen Acosta is not a fullback. Yeah. Not a fullback. I think, I think that was the biggest um, flaw with this match. Yeah. Um, obviously, we didn't have very much possession. Uh, Jamaica, or not Jamaica, excuse me. Colombia had about 25%, or sorry, 75% possession. Um, so, you know, but we played the way we wanted to play. We had chances to score. We could have had a couple more goals. In the end, it's disappointing that we conceded the penalty. Juan Quintero for Colombia is a star. Um, you know, hopefully we can win in Frisco, uh, in Dallas. Um, all right, so I I don't think we're going to spend too much longer talking about that match. Just make sure you guys, uh, watch the second leg. Uh, it should be exciting, and it's huge for us to qualify for the Olympics, in my yeah, opinion. Um, I think it's going back-to-back with uh, the USMNT game, right? Yeah, it's right after. It's right after. Uh, I, I think I'm going to have to miss the first half, because I'll be at the U.S.-Guatemala match. So, um, yeah. All right, so let's get into the PS de Resistance. Uh, the U.S. went down to Guatemala and lost 2 to nothing. Initial uh, thoughts, or maybe not so initial thoughts, since this is a day later. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, 
for all of you, I mean, obviously you guys didn't hear the podcast that we recorded, but it was very raw. It was hot. Yeah. And you all had a lot of screaming. Um, so this <laughs> I don't know about screaming. Down a bit more yeah. knowledgeable and calm, I guess. Yeah. Maybe a little more measured. Yeah. Um, Reflective. You know, if you guys want to go back and listen to my my podcast after the Gold Cup semifinals, watching the U.S. lose to Jamaica, and then Panama get absolutely reamed by the referee. Uh, I, I was probably the most raw I've ever been. But yeah, you know, I'm a lot of us U.S. men's national team fans are angry, and it's. I think it's, we should be. I think we should be. We should be, and I know this is something you brought up. It's what standard we we need to have a standard. You know what I mean? Yeah. This. It's not good enough. And, you know, like, what are your thoughts? I, you, we feel like definitely the people who defend Jurgen Klinsmann are the uh, – is this really – we lost to Guatemala, you yeah. know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, go ahead. I mean, before we start digging into Jurgen Klinsmann, which I'm definitely going to take a part of, um, yeah. we should acknowledge that there were some injuries, some players that yeah. were missing. I mean, it's – it was – it was a tough lineup to play, but at the same time, you should be beating Guatemala. Even yeah, exactly. Team, I firmly believe we should be beating Guatemala. Right. And it really, it comes down to the lineup, which we'll talk about first. It comes down to tactics. It comes down to the mentality of this team, miscommunication, uh, lack of continuity, all of this stuff. It, it yep. all boils down to this result. It, this this result is the result of a failed four-year experiment with Jurgen Klinsmann. That's my opinion. All right, so let's get into the lineup. From the back, Tim Howard in goal, Jeff Cameron at right back, uh, Omar Gonzalez and Michael Orozco at center backs. Then we had Edgar Castillo at left back. In the midfield, from left to right, we had... Uh, wait, who do we have on the left? Uh, no. Uh, wait, it? who's... Uh, um, wow. Um, it was Yedlin, Yedlin on the right. So, Yedlin yeah, Bedoya on the, right. on the left. Bedoya on the left, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Bradley and Discrude in midfield, and then Bobby Wood and Clint Dempsey up top. Before we talk about what we didn't like, what did you like about this lineup? Um, look, I mean, I guess just the striking pair, I guess, is what I would <laughs> like. But I don't yeah. think there was many options. I think yeah. that was really the only... Jurgen couldn't go wrong with who he started at strikers, I guess, because it was. I feel like that was the obvious striking partnership, and I think. And I think yeah, that's especially what since jo- was gonna be. Yeah, especially since Josie's not healthy. Yeah, um, and not fit. Uh, um, I guess I liked Michael Bradley in midfield. If that's how. <laughs> <they're going laughs> okay, um, I'm glad that he wasn't played at right back because we don't yeah. know what to expect from Jurgen anymore. But. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, he has played it right back under Jurgen before. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think the other thing I liked was, I think, Edgar Castillo. Um, I thought he deserved a chance. Uh, I don't really... Obviously, the back pass that led to the first corner kick goal was awful. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I there really isn't any other option at left back on, on the roster. So... Um, I don't think he would have been starting if our other left back options. I mean, if I, I, I think who, if Bobby Johnson who, was fit, 
he would be playing. You, so you think Fabian Johnson will, will be yeah. playing left back? I think he would be playing left back. Okay. Even That's though fair. even though he's thrived at a winger role with Christian Wichita. Yeah. And you know, I mean I wouldn't really blame Klinsman in that situation because our midfield is definitely much deeper than our than our uh fullbacks. Yeah. But I, I so. mean, Eric but Edgar Castillo is playing well for the number one team in Liga Amekis. On the other hand, you have a player like Michael Orozco who hasn't played in 2016 for Liga Amekis and for Tijuana. You know, so that's, you know, when, when Klinsman talks about form, when he talks about getting playing time, how does he rationalize calling up players like Mix Discrude and Michael Orozco? Mix Discrude has started this season, but last going back to last season, he wasn't the starter. If NYCFC's Excuse me, if NYCFC's midfield is fully fit, Mixed Discrude isn't the starter. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's just, uh, stupid. It's really stupid. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Omar Gonzalez starting at center back. Yeah, I, I mean, think, he's been playing very well. I think he well. definitely deserves to, I think him or John Brooks is, him or John Brooks are our two best center backs at this point. Um, Omar Gonzalez playing a fantastic season. Yeah, he ha- he's playing really he well. He deserves to be there. I think Brooks and Cameron are our best center backs, to be honest. Um, but maybe Cameron, you don't think so? I I think I think I'd put Gonzalez and Brooks over Cameron. Okay. And Brooks. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, I would like to see Cameron play in the midfield, to be honest. I think I uh, think he's the defensive midfielder that we need. But I mean, obviously, Klinsman doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and I think his rationale for playing him at right back was to be behind Yedlin. But yeah. I, why? I, I, mean, I don't get that. Not, center backs playing right back are really, it's really I mean, a really shaky thing to do. Yeah, but, you know, to be fair, Cameron has experience. Because he's played right back in the Premier League for a full season. Um, but Cameron has. Yeah. But I, I just feel like... I just don't think that's... At all, his best position. I just think Yedlin should have been at right back. Yeah, I just think that's that's where he should be playing. And you know, I've been telling, I've been discussing this on the podcast for a long time. Yedlin is good at overlapping. He's not good at creating his own chances. I don't like him in the midfield. The problems with this mid, with this lineup, the midfield awful. Michael Bradley makes this screwed awful pairing. I, I mean, unless you're going to have another midfielder in there. Terrible. Absolutely yeah, terrible. DeAndre Yedlin is not a midfielder. Michael Orozco, not playing well. Jeff Cameron, not a right back. Tim Howard, why? I mean, because he's our only option. Um, you know, maybe you can argue... Well, Alejandro Bedoya had a terrible match. Um, it's yeah, just... But, I mean, I think, I think he's a surefire starter. I mean... No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I, that definitely wasn't a mistake. I think he's much more comfortable in, in the center of the park behind the striker. Uh, that's where he's playing for Nantes. That's where he's playing well. So, um, you know, I, but I don't think, you know, I think he should be playing out yeah. wide probably. Um, you know, uh, most, peop- most people can see that Darlington Nagby should have started this match even before he came on and played well. We knew, right? We knew that that yeah. should have been the center. No one really understood why Mixed Discrude was starting. Michael Bradley's not an attacking midfielder. I mean, personally, I think we should start running a three-man midfield because I feel like if you put a player, like a super creative player like Darlington Nagby, pair him up with Michael Bradley and put a Jeff Cameron or even a Kyle Beckerman behind them, I think that's a very good midfield. 
Yeah, no, I think that... That's my ideal midfield. Nagby, um, Nagby, Bradley, and Cameron. And I think for that to work, maybe you have to play actual wingers. Like Finley and... uh, I mean, I don't know who else... I, who else I don't think roster. Lee Wynn would. Die. I think you'd be. I okay, mean, so play Lee Wynn. Sure. I mean, it's exper- it's an experiment, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, th- I guess that's the trouble you get into. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I think. Uh, I mean, but I'd rather have him play as players that are in form and try something out than play as players that are out of form and try something out. Yeah, and like you said, there were injuries. Yeah. Fabian Johnson being the big one. Um, and I just think, like, okay, here's a tweet that I think really, really sums it up. You know, uh, this is from at RCON14, Archon14. Uh, Promised attacking soccer. We got Michael Bradley at attacking midfielder, Yedlin at right midfield, and Cameron at right back in a regressive flat 4 4 2. Exactly. It's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really the, where the, the lineups. There's no the, the problem with me is there's no continuity either. We don't know what our, we never know what our lineups going to be. You know, we never know what it's going to look like, and that's a problem. We don't know if Yedlin's going to play right back or right midfield. We don't know where Jeff Cameron's going to play. We don't know who our center back partnership's going to be. We don't know who's going to play be playing next to Michael Bradley. We don't know who's going to be playing next to Clint Dempsey. We don't know which side of the field. Uh, Alejandro Bedoya is going to be playing on. We don't know who our left back is going to be. We don't even know who our goalkeeper is going to be. I mean, what? Like, wh- how? That's not a way to operate a team. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also, I think on the flip side of that, there is a negative sense of teams. I mean, I'm not teams, but players being called in regardless of how they're doing. I think that's. I feel like that's a more negative thing than not knowing who's playing where. Okay. Because so like yeah, you know Zardes, you know Zardes is going to play. You know Zardes is going to be there. I mean, you have to feel that Yedlin's going to be there, regardless of how he does or what he does. But we have no better option than Yedlin, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, maybe we have no one playing at that level. But uh, Zardes is always going to be there. Regardless of how he does, Clint Dempsey. Yeah. I mean, maybe I guess Clint Dempsey. You can say he's a veteran. Yeah, but I mean, Clint Dempsey. I think I don't think we have any better options there either. Maybe better partnerships. I don't know. I I would I would prefer Josie Altidore and Bobby Wood over Clint Dempsey and Bobby Wood. But obviously, yeah, Josie well, Altidore with the injuries. Going back to yeah. that. I mean, the other problem is he promises attacking soccer. He wants to play proactive soccer, but the players on the field don't play that style. I mean, yeah, you he's, ha- he's setting up his, his players for six, uh, for failure. We have Lee Wynn. We have Darlington Nagby on this roster. Why are neither of those players on the pitch? We have a player like Sebastian Lutjet who's not getting a call-up. We have a player like Benny Failhaber who's not getting called up. These are players... That can provide that for you. You know, we don't. We only have those players at the youth level right now who are playing on the yeah. national teams. You know, and maybe Christian Pulisic, if he comes on Tuesday, maybe he plays and he provides that. But, you know, some of these players that would help us, Matt Hedges at center back, who's actually playing instead of Michael Oresco, Eric Lehigh, who can play left back or right back, Benny Failhaber, who's a player I know you love, Dax McCarty, who's a younger defensive midfielder, and people say, well, he's not young. People say he's old. 
Kyle Beckerman was older when he broke into this team. It can work. Um, Sebastian Lecce is another player who I think deserves to be called up. He knows how to navigate space. He knows how to pick out a pass. He knows how to work pockets of space. And he is a player who's not, maybe doesn't provide pace, as much pace, but he's so quick on the ball. And those are the type of players we need. He's a really good creator, too. Yeah, exactly. Those are the types of players we need, I think. Like the Lee Wynn, Darlington Nagby type. Yeah. And the simple the simple thing of Nagby coming into the match, not doing too much in terms of taking on players, but ushering the ball excuse me, ushering the ball forward. Um, being a smooth connector, a real bridge between the midfield and the strikers. That is what we need. Yeah. And like you said, I would like to see a three-man midfield, but with the players we have, Wood, Dempsey, um, Johansson when fit, Altidore, it seems like you got to get two of those on the field. Maybe you play Bobby Wood out wide. I don't know how that would work. But um, it's it, – I don't I, – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, go, going back to your Darlington Nagby comment, I mean, I think him – I'd say him, Fabian Johnson, and – I think those are the only two players that I can honestly think of, and, and maybe Bobby Wood, that can just take a play that's going nowhere and just completely flip, flip it around, make a great turn, make a great move, and then just start a whole new attack. I mean, we don't have that breed of players. No, we don't. Playing. I mean, we know we have that, but we just don't have them yeah, playing. Yeah, right. Which, which makes and me so mad because, I mean, U.S. soccer is known for – I mean, this is negative, but they're known for playing tough, not playing the prettiest, but, I mean, they score. But at this point, we're not playing pretty. We're not scoring. So, I mean, like, I just... I right. Don't, I just... But, I don't... I'd be I'd be fine with Jurgen's ugly style of play if we were getting 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, 3-2 results, but we're not. We're losing 2-0 to Guatemala. Yeah. And... You know, we lost 2-1 to one to Jamaica in the Gold Cup. Yeah. And it's, it's just not good enough. And the lineup, for me, the tactics, you know, um, the, the tactics the also. The not buying into Jurgen Klinsmann's Right. And that's, what, that's definitely what it feels like. Um, I just, you know, there were chances in this match. You yeah. know, we maybe could have scored a couple of goals. And obviously, it's not Jurgen's fault that they didn't score. But, uh, I don't know. I think you know. I don't know. This is this is this is a quote from Philip Lom on when we're talking about tactics. This is a quote um, from Philip Lom during his time in um, during Jurgen Klinsmann's time in uh, excuse Munich. me at Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um, oh, it just went away. Um, but you know the, the his tactics are a problem. Um, it seems like. It seems like we our players never know what to do. You know yeah. what I mean? It, you know, we saw in last... I think it was last January now. Will Trap playing outside. Oh, that's, that was... Oh, my God. It doesn't make sense. All right, here it is. We practically only practiced fitness under Klinsman. There was very little technical instruction, and the players had to get together independently before the game to discuss how we wanted to play. All the players knew after about eight weeks that it was not going to work out with Klinsman. The remainder of that campaign was nothing but limiting the damage. And I know people have said to me personally that it's different at the club level. 
Well, I mean, if you're tactically inept at one level, you're tactically inept at the other level. It's just a fact. I think, personally, I think trading fitness is literally one of the least important things you can do as a national team manager. I think, given the short time that you have with your players, you should be drilling them with tactics. You should be giving them a philosophy of how to play rather than trying to make them last 90 minutes. Because... I feel like that's more of the job of a club than it is a national team. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe you can forgive that in the lead up to a tournament. That yeah. makes more sense. But yeah. But I mean, I don't think there's any excuse for for like what has it been like four, five, six games in a row where the players look absolutely lost. When yeah. Playing. I don't think there's any excuse for that. I think that's ridiculous. Like, remember, St. Vincent and the Grenadines went up one nothing on us. That in and of itself is unacceptable. Yeah. I mean... St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Yeah. I mean, this Guatemala team is a team that got manhandled. Manhandled by Trinidad and Tobago at home. And TNT is a good, decent team. But these Guatemalan players, most of them can't make it, can't break it into MLS. They're they're probably so, NASL USL level players. Yeah, and uh, you know I see people blaming MLS players. The play, there's three MLS players in this match, and and those players aren't even the best. Well, besides maybe Michael Bradley. Well, besides Michael Bradley, Clint Dempsey, maybe. But like, makes this group is not even the, a top five American midfielder in this league, in the league. I mean, it's it's outrageous. I think, I going back to my Benny Failhopper ran. It's just yeah. I mean, he is what what, what was he third? third? I think third in MVP. Yeah, in, I think behind uh, I mean, it's Jovinko and Kamara. Jovinko and Kamara, I believe is what it is. And I mean, yeah. the plays that he makes is stupid. Sometimes he can pick out a pass from a mile yeah. away. He can shoot a rocket off off one touch. I mean. Yeah. He's he's a talent that we don't have anywhere close to with the players that are playing right now. I think Nagby's the only player that's close to his level. Yeah. I I would I just don't well, understand. I think yeah, at least give Nagby a shot. I, yeah, yeah, I think he is. I think I think, like, I, yeah. I think a Nagby fail hopper midfield would just tear up defenses. Yeah, Maybe I mean, defensively it's a liability, but I'd rather see that than a discord Bradley midfield. So, do you think it's time to drop Michael Bradley? I think... I Maybe think for a game. Just because there are better options. I'm not, not saying he's a bad player, but, I mean, we, we've never seen a talent like Benny Failhaber before. I don't think... I mean, we've seen him on the national team before, though, in, like, 2007, 2008, 2010 World Cup. But was he ever playing really at this play- level? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I, um, I mean... I don't know. I just I feel like he's a player that we absolutely need. I think he turns us from an average team to a good team or from a good team to a great team. Wow. I think no, I really think he's that he's that guy for us. I mean, he's not being he's he's not even being called in and I think he burns some well, he's, he, Yeah, he's never going to be called in under Jurgen Klinsmann. Under Jurgen Klinsmann. Uh, I think yeah. I think under a sane manager, they'll definitely call in one of their best players. <laughs> but I mean. Yeah, well, you know, I think Dax McCarty is another one. Yeah. Um, and look, guys, we know 
We know Benny Fellhaber is not Mesut Ozil. We know Dax McCarty is not Sergio Busquets. We know that. But we don't have those players. So these players will help with the U.S. national team. Yeah. We're not, like, you know, D saying to this, Benny Fellhaber is going to elevate this team, it's, you know, he's not saying he's on that level, you know? But he's saying for what we have, yeah, we don't I mean, have a player like Benny Fellhaber. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's just, it's very frustrating. And Michael Bradley, one of my favorite players, he's got to pick it up. Yeah. He really does. And I don't know if he has... I don't know if he has to go back to Europe because he's still young. He's still only 27. So we've been talking a lot about Jurgen Klinsmann. Neil, do you think that Suno Galati is some blame to take on? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, it's, it starts with him. It's, it's, Jurgen Klinsmann's job is not on the line. We know that. He's safe in his job, and that's not good. It's not good. Um, he, there needs to be some accountability. And yeah, that's really that's really what it comes down to. It, it, it's you know, like I was saying at the beginning, like I alluded to before. This is not the state. We are. This is not up to standard. It's not up to standard. It's it's you know, we can talk about he hasn't progressed. It feels like we've regressed. Oh, I think we definitely have. I mean, we lost to Guatemala for the first time since 19, Ronald. Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. First time in a qualifier, I believe. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the first time we've ever lost them in a qualifier. But we I we mean, did lose to them in 1988. It was either friendly or some competition, some other competition. But it, it's oh man, Guatemala. It's, yeah, I mean, okay. Going back to 2014. What I don't really understand with, with what Suno Galati was doing, and you touched on this last night, when he signed Jurgen Klinsmann to a deal through 2018 before he even saw what he did during the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, granted, I think it was a pretty good World Cup run. I think we I mean, we got another group of death, which was impressive. But, I mean, what happens if we finish with zero points that World Cup? Exactly. You know, he's he's still a manager for four years. And, I mean, he is. Because with, with the amount of money that he signed on for, it's financially not smart to just cut him off. No, it's not. Six months. What is he, the third highest paid manager? And I see, I see people saying, um, you know, he's at least, you know, but Bob Bradley had this problem. Bruce Reed had this problem. Neither of those players were being paid the amount of money that's, that, that, you know, some of these other managers are making. I mean, I also have to feel that this talent pool is, Probably one of the best we've ever had. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I, I believe it was Ke- Kevin McCall, Me- Kevin McCauley. I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah. his name. He's the head writer for SB Nation. Yeah. Um, he was talking about our back line, and he said it's definitively the best center back pairing that we've ever had. Being, yeah, uh, Gonzalez and John Burke. We never had players playing at this high of a level. Yeah, and I mean, he's a well-respected writer, and I completely agree with him. Yeah, I mean, it's probably. It's, it's a talent-stacked roster. Yeah. And we're completely underachieving. We're losing to a group of USL and NASL-level players when we have MLS stars or an almost MLS MVP yeah. available to us. Well, I mean, when you put, you know, you look at Mix Discrude, probably the fourth-best midfielder on his team. You look at Giassi Zardes, not even the best American winger on his team. It's, that's yeah. what you get when you call these players up. 
And, um, you know, players like Mixed Screen and Jossie's Artist, I love, I mean, I think Jossie's Artist can be a great player. I really do. He's still so young and so raw. He can be a difference maker at this level. Yeah, I just, I just don't see the point in calling him in when you have a polished player. Already. Yeah, it's exactly. Exactly. He's caught in between developing players and calling up players that'll help us win now. Yeah. That's why you call in. That's why you call in Julian Green over Landon Donovan, and somehow at the same time call in Brad Davis over Landon Donovan. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what is that? I don't under. I don't get that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an identity. It's an identity crisis. Yeah, like you always yeah, have. exactly. We don't have an identity, and he does everything he says. Everything Klinsman says. He says the opposite. So he never has to take responsibility. Yeah. He says, oh, I'm going to play a right-footed center back and a left-footed left-footed center back. But he doesn't do that. You know, he says, I'm going to play proactive soccer and we play the regressive 4-4-2. And therein lies the problem. He also does not take responsibility. He said, ask the players why they weren't focused. Last night, he had one comment that I'm not going to read. It was pretty long. Where he did take some responsibility... But when that, when that small, when that comment is like, see, look, he does take responsibility. You, there's a problem when you have to even say that. You know, the best coaches in the world take responsibility. The best players in the world take responsibility. Except for yeah. Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, and, but I even Ronaldo will take responsibility. Yeah. You know, he, he's just frustrated. But I mean, it's and maybe that's an American sports mess. mentality. Maybe it is. Um, but I feel like that that goes along with the identity crisis. Is that like okay? At least at, at least in the 2014 World Cup, we had a somewhat identity. We were the team that we're not gonna we're not gonna beat you in possession, but we're gonna work our butts off. I mean, what were we? I, I think we were second in, in uh, distance. We, yeah, 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 something like that. And, I mean, Michael Bradley ran we, the most out of anything. Yeah, it was, it was insane. We yeah. just worked hard. We got good goals. I mean, that was our identity. We, yeah. we were the hardworking team that scored off the counterattack. Yeah. But now what are we? I mean, we're nothing. I, we're, we're just a blob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all we are. Yeah, I mean, we're just, we're, we're just a collection of 11 soccer players that are just born in the same country. Or that's what we are. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily born here. Oh well, yeah, not born, but have the same. Yeah, um, yeah, that was my. Best no, 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 that's fine. I mean, they are all American. They are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's you know, Klinsman. I think he's got to go, and you know, just transitioning into to what this means. We we're in third place in the in the in before the hex. If we lose. If we lose, we're out. We're not even going to make it to the hex. Yeah. Um, ideally, we get nine points. So I asked on Twitter, if Klinsman drops points on Tuesday, do you think he should be fired? Four, we got 40 votes. 75% or 30 people said yes. And, I mean, to people who said no, if we really? If we drop points on Tuesday? Um, I mean, it's it's... If we drop points on Tuesday, it's definitively if last match's result wasn't 
enough, yeah. then it's definitely definitively a rock bottom for U.S. soccer. Definitely, I think without a doubt. Definitely, considering where we were only two years ago, or one, or a year and a half ago. Yeah. To where we're at right now, I yeah. mean, it's. It's you, I don't know. it it, it uh, well okay, I think when people are defending Klinsman and say the media the media is too hard on him, BS. U.S. soccer media is soft in terms of worldwide soccer media. Secondly, let's just talk about what Jurgen has promised. Proactive yeah. soccer hasn't happened. Win the Gold Cup last year. Didn't happen. Qualify for the Confederations Cup. Didn't happen. Get qualification for the Olympics. Didn't happen. He failed in all categories. And he is the technical director. He doesn't develop players. Um, you know, it, it, it's he, it's a problem. And um, in, in talking about developing players, here's, here's a quote by um, uh, Tony Cruz. During his Jurgen Klinsmann's time at Bayern, I personally missed everything. An idea of how to play football, adequate communication, and success. So I mean, that's a World Cup winner. Yeah. Same with Philip Blom. Yeah. It's just frustrating. He's I mean, the technical director. And people talk about him recruiting players. Gideon Zelalem was always going to play with the U.S. Julian Green, yeah. Green he recruited. I mean... Timmy Chandler came in under uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. Jermaine Jones, or sorry, under Bob Bradley. Jermaine Jones came in under Bob Bradley. David Regie in the in two thousand or in nineteen ninety eight, excuse me, came in under a different coach. You know, I mean, I think you were going over the list of failures that he's or objectives that he's failed to meet. I think that in itself with any other country would merit a firing. Oh, for sure. Because these are goals he set out. You know, when we talk about winning the Gold Cup, we didn't even make it to the final. You know, if you could make it to the final and lose to Mexico, fine. And we got, you know, we made it to extra time against Mexico in in the CONCACAF Cup, but we got played off the field. Can anyone really yeah. say we deserve to win that match? Absolutely not. Proactive soccer, I haven't seen it. We, we can't even play proactive soccer against Guatemala. And sometimes, you know, you, you touched on it. The players don't respond. And sometimes you need change. I really do yeah. believe sometimes you need change for the sake of change. Because... Obviously, it's not working out, and we, I, I, you don't think so. I don't think we're magically going to become a top ten team, but something needs to change. This is not good enough. It's, it's, it's just a fact. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary how we've dropped off from a team that goes through the group of death, almost beats Belgium, to a team that might not even make the World Cup. I mean, it's just. Yeah, and you know, Mexi- Mexico mean, had their problems, and they fired their managers. You said that last night. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's really a tale of two teams, really. I mean, you, you have a team who's proactive, who trusted their players, and I mean, when their players reacted poorly to their coach, what happened? They fired the coach. Yeah. When, when it's, it's, like you said last night, it's a result-based business. Right. And when, and when they're not getting results, 
you can't you can't give them excuses. Yeah. Well, it has to be what it has to be, and especially when you fail that many objectives. Yeah. There's no. There's there's no there's nothing you can say. Yeah. Well, and talking about Mexico, they call up players. Osorio calls up players that fit the system and that are going to play the system he wants to play. Yeah. You know, Gio Dos Santos is not playing. Jesus Tecatito Corona is playing. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's not obviously Tecatito is great player for Porto, but. It's still like they play a style. They have a style. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And even when we were out playing Mexico in 2013, well, you look at that. They were not doing well in World Cup qualifying, and they uh, they they didn't make it to the final of the Gold Cup. A couple months later, their their head coach was fired. We. I think that's where the blame on Suno Galati comes Yeah, in. we as U.S. soccer fans deserve better, and we ought to demand better collectively. That's what we need to do. I'm going to the match on Tuesday. Maybe we need to start boycotting. Not watching, but going to. We need to do something. We need to come together as, as a fan base. And say we're not happy. Maybe not say fire Klinsman. We gotta. We'll see. But the thing is, I want us to qualify, and we should not. We. I want to make it clear, we should not boycott the team. That only helps our opponents. Don't boycott the team. But we, as a fan base, need to make ourselves heard instead of just saying on Twitter individually we're not happy. And I... you know, I, I don't know even know how to go about that, but. It's just, you know, whether it's a TIFO, um, maybe the American Outlaws will do something. We deserve better. And, you know, a couple months ago, Klinsman said maybe the fan, the fan base doesn't understand us because they're uneducated. Does Philip Lom not understand you because he's uneducated? How condescending of you. He said that? Yeah, I mean, essentially along those lines. I... And... You know, I, I don't want to put words. It was basically that's what he was implying. So it's I don't know. I I really I just don't see why he shouldn't be fired. Because he, he's not giving us reasons. It's not like he's showing great promise, and we're just losing by like a header. And the fact, the fact that a cheap penalty. The fact, yeah, exactly. I mean, and even you know, if we win, I think he should be fired. We should win. I, I should be able to coach the team and win on Tuesday. Especially when Carlos Ruiz is not even going to be there. All right, man. Um, you know, is there, is there anything else to really talk about with, with this? Uh, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I, was, I was pretty calm coming into this, but now that I'm coming out of this, it's just, it's so frustrating. It's extremely frustrating to see where we've dropped off to, and it's extremely frustrating to see that, to see a man like Jürgen Klinsmann who's, I mean, I believe he's single-handedly brought down the team. I, I think, yeah, I think he's to blame 100%. He has to be to blame. Yeah. You know. And I mean, it's, it's, it sucks, 
we, we can say Klinsman out all we want, but the sad reality is that I don't see him being fired until 2018. I agree As long as he qualifies for the World Cup, it doesn't matter if he gets one point in the Copa America group. Yeah. Yeah, come 2018... Yeah, he he will be the he will be the coach of the U.S. national team. I hope I'm wrong, and that's the sad thing. That's the sad thing. The sad thing is that U.S. soccer won't do anything. The, uh, Sunil Gulati will not do anything. The, Jurgen Klinsmann is his man, and you know, ultimately, hopefully, it turns it around because I want Klinsmann to succeed. If Klinsmann succeeds, that means the national team is succeeding. Yeah. So no, I mean yeah, and. I, I, I hope he turns it around. I was definitely pro-Klinsman here, man, guys. I was pro-Klinsman. But I don't know how we can have the 2015 we just had and how you can be pro-Klinsman. I don't care about 2013. I don't care about the last World Cup. I care about what has recently happened. I also don't care about going to Germany, Netherlands, and winning. That doesn't matter. In friendlies. It doesn't matter. And you know what? In those matches, we played great soccer. We we played toe-to-toe with those teams. So, you know, maybe... You know, maybe That's the Klinsman that I want to see. Exactly. I, I mean, we played so organized. Yeah. We looked like... I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. It, to see where we've dropped off is sad. Yeah. And... You know, hopefully, maybe having Fabian Johnson, John Brooks won't be back, but having Fabian Johnson, hopefully, that makes the difference. But he can't really, he can't do everything. Yeah, I think he's without a doubt our best player. Yeah, I mean, John Brooks. I think you can make an argument. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would agree with you. All right, man. Um. I think, you know, I, I don't really have too much else to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I think you, people who, who think for somehow because Jurgen Klinsmann won a World Cup, that makes him a good coach, means, that means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Absolutely not. It means absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't understand how he can Cause, cause Greg, go. I, I just... Yeah. How can you not teach a team tactics? Like that. That's that's. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I I feel like we've beat the dead horse or kicked the dead horse, whatever the expression. Yeah. It's uh, you know. Beating a dead horse. It's beating yeah. a dead horse. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it. We are. I just you know I just want to emphasize we deserve better. We do. Because we deserve transparent. We deserve answers. I want Sunil Gulati to make a statement. I want him to say that this is not good enough and that he is working with Jürgen Klinsmann to get these results, if, if nothing else. And maybe the fact that Gulati hasn't said anything after this match, maybe, maybe Klinsmann will be fired. It doesn't make any sense to fire him now. Yeah. If anything, you should wait after the Guatemala game. Yeah. Even if he wins. Even if he wins. All right, man. I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, we'll have another podcast for you after the second Guatemala match. That'll probably yep. come out on Wednesday or th- probably Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night. Um, 
once again, go check out Ambitious Strike, the soccer apparel company. Uh, their link to ambitiousstrike.com is always in the description. Use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount. Thank you to Dinesh for being on this episode. Any last thoughts? Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, th- thank you for having me. And if you're feeling really sad about the Guatemala game, if we do drop points, I mean, just go buy yourself an Ambitious Strike shirt. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Comfort yourself. Definitely. Definitely. Treat yourself. Yeah, treat yourself 2016. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, maybe we'll see you on the next episode. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we have an email for this podcast. It's soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts um, about who you think uh, should replace Klinsman. You know, one guy tweeted at us, Oscar Pereja. Interesting choice. Um, we also have a Twitter and an Instagram at Soccer Bros Pod. Um, we have a Facebook, Soccer Brothers Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Google Play. Give us a rate, uh, a rating, uh, and a review. Uh, and also yeah. share with your friends. With that, all of the social media uh, links will be in the description. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah.